0: Welcome to Disarming Persuasion, the podcast for sales and business leadership professionals. My name is Dave Rosenberg, and I am the founder and principal at Locked On Leadership, a consulting firm with a mission to replace Thank God It's Friday with Thank God It's Monday.
1: And I'm Ann Bonney, redhead impersonator and an expert in change management and leadership that people want to follow.
0: Okay, Ann. What are we going to talk about today?
1: Let's talk about when you have to deal with somebody who's particularly difficult and the likelihood that you're ever going to change that difficulty is very, very low.
0: Now, at this point, our regular listeners are waiting for me to go, Ann, what are you trying to say? Is this all about me? So I'm going to disappoint you, folks. I'm not going to say it. What are you going to say, Dave? Come on. Uh, What do you mean? And I don't mean, what do you mean? What am I going to say? I mean, what do you mean with whatever it is you just said?
1: (laughs) So I was just in a situation where um, I was on a trip with somebody who was quite opinionated and quite um, bossy about it and a little bit aggressive about it and I needed to just get through this experience. The likelihood that I was going to change this person was not, it was not an option. And I need to figure out how I was going to achieve what I needed to achieve. Not have a terrible time (laughs) and maintain the relationship where fixing what I found difficult wasn't an option.
0: Talk about a mouthful. Once again, our listeners are going, Dave, where did you go with Ann? (laughs)
1: Glad you to a T. Not at all, Dave. I've traveled with you a few times, actually, and it was quite quite a pleasant experience.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that. But if you had traveled with me a few times 25, 30 years ago, you just (laughs) described me.
1: Well, there you go. And this person may be in that place <laughs> of, of of development. No, but I mean, it was it was an interesting exercise because I mean, for example, I packed the car at one point. I was trying to help because I'm a helper and uh, I know how to pack a car and love Tetris. One of my favorite things. Let me guess. And,
0: you didn't pack it correctly, did you?
1: Well, so yeah, exactly. I had it three quarters of the way full and they came down and said slow 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 down slow down slow down and literally unpacked the whole car repack the whole thing i was like fighting this is not gonna help anything all right so getting angry wasn't gonna help anything and i yeah so anyway yeah yeah that was an example
0: all right. So before we get too deep into this rabbit hole, um, because I think this is an interesting topic, but let's let's slow our roll. Let's unpack this car one more time.
1: Son of a gun!
0: <laughs> I, let's set this up though. Where does this show up in business?
1: Well, I mean, clients. Sometimes clients are condescending. Sometimes clients want to do it their way with zero. Option for doing it any other way, um, and we need. Or sometimes our bosses even are really, really difficult to work with, and changing them is not often an option.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought up boss. And I, I, clearly, you've been avoiding talking about who this is more specifically, so I won't out you. Um, <laughs> it's my
1: dad, y'all. It's my dad.
0: <laughs> there we go. I wasn't sure if that was safe grounds. I don't know if he listens to us or not. Um, and but right, I hope that, not, or
1: I'm out of the will. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the really, I mean, I mean that is the issue because you have now somebody for first of all, irrespective of the fact that you, it's an adult adult relationship now. It's always to our parents, right? It, right. it always is that sort of parent-child relationship that's mm-hmm. always there. And while I, I don't want to say we're all children at work and our parents are our bosses, but it's a very similar relationship you know there is an well,
1: author- there's, a, there's roles involved you know when it's client and vendor they're the client we want to make sure that they're happy you know when the boss is involved well they're the one signing our check so there's a there's role dynamics happening
0: and there's an authoritarian aspect to it exactly. right that exists at least not necessarily with the client and and we could actually talk about that that's a little different because I think if you manage your client relationships correctly, It really is either a peer-to-peer or best case, you are that trusted advisor and that changes the dynamic. That's why that's such an important dynamic to seek. Um, And you could actually try and get the same thing between you and your boss frequently. At the same time, sometimes we take jobs and we don't realize the Hydra monster we just went to work for. And we find ourselves in that position where you know, it's uh, 23 months, 15 days, 14 hours and counting before I can start looking for a new job because I don't want my resume to show a job less than two years. Right. That, that's just the reality of, of working.
1: Well, exactly. And so often we talk about ideal situations when we're working with people who are logical and you know don't have a whole lot of emotional baggage and all that stuff. But let's be honest, sometimes we end up with clients- where they're never gonna see us as a trusted advisor. They're always gonna mistrust. They're always gonna wanna micromanage. Same with bosses, some individuals just, it's a lot more difficult. And in this situation with my father, it, it wasn't worth the fight because it wasn't gonna end up changing anything. So yeah, In or in the meantime, while you're trying to make that larger change in the trust and respect, how do you deal with it as an individual?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And and I think I want to first say the reality is irrespective of that relationship, you're never changing the other person. So if, if we're going into something thinking, I'm going to get them to change, they're disrespecting me, they whatever, fill in the blank, it doesn't matter what that inner voice is, they need to change. That's a losing battle from the beginning. Right? And this holds true, If by the way, if you're talking about, uh, somebody who's on your team in a leadership position it's not about getting them to change it's about how do i change so that their reaction becomes different because right. we all we all react to input right input output right that's what happens and so if i change my the if i change the input i'm pro- providing to them they'll change the way they react to it and exactly it may or may not be what you want, but it'll be different than what you're getting. Well,
1: and this is exactly the premise of emotional intelligence that I tell people, what can I do? All I can do is control me. So what can I do differently to get the results I want from this person? And in my case, and in the case of the challenging different individual that that we're dealing with in any of these difficult situations, sometimes what I know I need to do and what I did this last weekend was just basically surrender. And completely let them have their own way, and completely ask them how would you?
0: Oh, you just frozen blanked out on me. Oh, hopefully you're coming back. I know you said there were thunderstorms because you were about to give the secret- most
1: efficient in all the things you know. So um, it sometimes can be very very challenging. So, and cl- yet it is the best thing for the situation.
0: It's clear from this conversation that you are unaware of the fact that you went into a warp hole, and it was probably thirty seconds of wisdom probably the most important words you've ever uttered and the things that people would, if they had actually heard them, would have changed their lives for the better in a powerful and meaningful way, but we lost it.
1: But I was frozen. So we're having a thunderstorm right now and apparently it's impacting the electrical but I'm back. And I have no idea what I said.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, no, I, think- I was
1: talking about the fact that where did you lose me?
0: Oh, my God. I think when you said hi, Dave. Um, but,
1: With the electricity, not your brain turning me off.
0: You Seriously, you were just talking about your dad and how you had to surrender, I think it was probably the last thing I remember.
1: Well, exactly. Sometimes what you need to do to get the best results from this situation and this person Is it at cross purposes with everything that you want to do? And obviously I'm not saying we compromise ourselves, but in that situation, I needed to let go of any desire that I had for control and just let him lead. If this had been a long-term relationship with my boss, I probably would have tried to do something different. But in this situation, and I have had client situations like this, where you just had to say, how would you like this done? What can I do? What's the best way to communicate with you? Whatever, and go with it. Yeah. And, and not what, take it personally.
0: Sure. And, and well, that last part, especially given it was your dad, is much more challenging. Um, with a long-term boss, it's an interesting scenario because more than likely a dynamic is already, well, just like your dad, a dynamic has already emerged. What, what's different about this situation is the dynamic, of course, has changed as you've gotten older. I mean, you're you're north of 21 now, and the dynamic just, just, yeah, barely. Uh, you know, the dynamic at 20 is different than the dynamic at 40, um, and 50, and you know, etc. And you know, so that that makes it different. Whereas a boss, you probably hit some sort of stable dynamic. It doesn't change quite. I mean, it changes in the beginning as you feel each other out. And then it sort of stabilizes, and you get to that point where you're like, Yeah, whatever, boss. Or maybe you could say that's not going to work, or or whatever. You know, that so that's a little bit different. But irrespective of where you are, the, the concept of surrender is, is powerful, right? Because we can't control outcomes. We can never control outcomes. And the sooner we come to grips with that, the happier we become. As you pointed out earlier, all we can control is how we react or or what what we do
1: exactly and so often when somebody is micromanaging or somebody is being difficult being bossy being controlling it has nothing to do with you and we take it personally because we're like i have a lot to contribute here i'd like to be a part of this or you know but by like you said surrendering and allowing their way oftentimes it's the best thing in that situation and then it's that that uh Convincing yourself, how do I deal with this so I don't take it personally? So I know why I'm doing it, and so I can feel good about it afterwards.
0: Yeah, it's funny. This reminds me a conversation I've had with my brother. He's my older brother by two years, so you know he's knows everything, does everything. You know, you know he, he doesn't respect the fact that I actually do know everything.
1: You too are north of twenty one.
0: Yeah, right, and you know, at some point in our adult relationship, uh, I, I came to realize that, you know, he'll come to me with a problem because that's what, you know, guys do. And as guys, for the most part, we want to solve each other's problems, right? We don't want to have our problems solved by somebody else, but we want to solve each other's problems.
1: You want to solve somebody else's problems. Yes, totally. Well, right,
0: right. And, you know, I would invite him to consider a solution that he would reject, And then three days later, he would come up with his own solution that was oddly almost identical to what I had suggested. But he was brilliant when he came up with it, you know, and and I just at some point I had to go like, "Eh, this is funny. And and, and
1: that's exactly what you mean by releasing outcome. The outcome that when we get offended, we would have been expecting was we get credit for the idea, whereas when we surrender and release, you know, the, the outcome we threw it out there. It was an option. They took, they didn't take it at the time. And then they took it a couple days later as their own. It's like, all right, cool, whatever. Right. Right.
0: right. It's exactly right. Yeah. When, when it came to him in a dream, oddly enough, that dream was in my voice, but, you know, who knows? Uh, when it came to him in a dream, it was his idea. It was fine. It worked. It was brilliant. You know, and and, and I do laugh at it. I have laughed at it. Uh, and, and, you know, then I got to the point where I'm like, <laughs> hey, bro remember what I said to you the last time we talked, <laughs> you know, yeah, but, and he can laugh at it, but, but yeah, I, I think, um, that's so critical. Just surrender. It's, it, it's a tool as you and I, as you know, uh, as you watch me on this journey that I just learned in the last couple of years. And oh my God, I wish I learned this 40, 50 years ago.
1: Right. So what would you tell people? Cause I hear this a lot where so-and-so stole my idea. So i didn't get credit for that idea i came up with or whatever obviously when we're talking about a patent or an invention or money making or then stealing a business whatever that's a kind of a different legal issue but on in the workplace at meetings i brought this up to you in confidence and you presented it as your idea in the meeting how would you suggest people deal with that
0: well it's interesting because you went one direction and then you switched up so i mean if we're talking about the workplace where um,
1: well, you're right. You're right.
0: Right where where now promotions and and recognition from that. First of all, let's let's cover that one first. If it if it's you know if it's happened once, who cares, right? Clearly, I mean you'll have more ideas, and it's an opportunity to learn, right? So and and not that you would ever do this, Anne. And I mean that sincerely, right? We we joke around a lot, but if if hypothetically we're coworkers and you stole my idea. Okay, great. What can I be responsible for? Okay, next time, being more careful about how and when I present that idea to make sure that it it is appropriate. There's a little bit of faith involved here too, because if it's my idea and you stole it, chances are you're not going to implement it correctly either, because you just didn't come up with, you don't really understand the nuances of it. Um, and then you know in the future obviously i know who you are so i thank god and i mean this i am thankful thank you for revealing yourself to me now i know and i take the appropriate actions right so everything happens perfectly and if that idea is stolen learn from it that's why that that's why it occurred it's an opportunity for us to grow and then move on from there and and don't sweat the small stuff because that well, and it this
1: is. And this was why, I, and I, as you said, that I sort of brought up a totally different topic. I, my my original mindset in asking that question was the whole releasing, you know, attachment to the outcome and getting the credit in that particular scenario. So, yeah, no, that's exactly what I meant. And you just answered that.
0: Yeah, in a long-winded kind of way, because that's- Oh, no, it's your way. It is. I'm okay we with al-
1: We allow, I surrender to the outcome.
0: And I surrender to the long-windedness. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that's, that's critical. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if you're presenting ideas to your boss and they, nope, nope, this is the wrong way, this is the wrong way, this is the wrong way, find the good in that, which is, could be many things, right? It could be real, coming to realization that, you know what, this isn't the right place for me, okay? This is something I need to learn to look for the next time I interview, or... Maybe the boss does have a better way. And let me pick his brain for a little bit to see why he doesn't like my way, right? Mm -hmm. There's every interaction like that is filled with opportunities to turn positive.
1: Well, and I love that approach too, trying to understand their way um, because so often we get so stuck on being right and so stuck on doing it the way that we had planned on doing it. And I caught myself doing this. I catch myself doing this a lot. Like I'll question the way somebody's doing something and then I'll think, is there really is their way really not good, or is it just different than the way I planned? And I don't, I'm, I'm resistant to it because of that. And oftentimes, that's that's the case. I find if I'm willing to get uncomfortable enough to ask that question.
0: Yeah, it's funny you you bring to mind. So years ago, when I had my telecom business, um, I did business with a guy. We were in BNI together. He started a company. You may have heard of them. Uh, I think this was their name. U.S. Cellular.
1: <laughs> a, little, little, a little company.
0: Well, when he started, it was. It, 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 was, it was a mobile phone um, uh, uh, accessory company. That's what they sold, right? And and he eventually sold it for, for millions, you know, and, and then it became, you know, the the big, they, they obviously went much bigger, um, but he did okay with that sale. And so he was working as doing his own thing as a consultant at this point with other small businesses, because he had been very successful in bringing his small business to a a very successful, happy financial conclusion. And I don't remember what we were working on, but he started to share a story about one meeting they had where they were going over some um, collateral material, some marketing material. And on the back of this particular trifold, they're looking at the design and there was like four stars. And they spent two hours deciding, arguing, is four stars right or is five stars right? You know, and, you know, this is big, important decision until one day he's towards the end. He like looks at his team. He's like, guys, what are we arguing about? Who cares? Right. And I could see you can't folks can't see this. We really should do video because Anne's face is really worthwhile seeing right now. You know, she's like got one lip curled up going like what uh, the heck are they arguing about for hours but that's the tilted
1: dog head look
0: <laughs> yeah no oh, i love that expression that's awesome but right that's what we do in business sometimes is we get so wrapped around what is the right thing and there is no right thing or wrong thing there's just different ways of looking at it and sometimes it's a coin cost, and who cares doesn't right. get done
1: and and again your way of Of approaching it, of saying, Hey, I'd like to understand that wasn't the way I was going to do it. So I'd love to understand your reasoning for doing it that way. That opens the conversation to be able to say, Oh, wow. Okay. I hadn't considered X, Y, Z. Yes, that's a great way to do it. Let's go. Or, you know what? I love that you've thought of X, Y, Z, but in the other way I was thinking of doing it, it also answers A, B, and C. Would you consider doing it that way? You know, but it opens that dialogue if that dialogue is there to be had.
0: Right. And then, of course, what you might hear is, yeah, I get CD&E is, is, is taking care of your way, but that's not as important. Okay. Now, you may have a difference of opinion, but that's the boss. Yeah. So when it comes to setting those sort of levels of importance, ultimately, it's their decision. And so now you know that. Maybe you didn't know that before. So you go, oh, okay, I see how they think.
1: Right. right. You're learning their priorities. You're learning, you know, how they're thinking about things and what, how they're, what is important to them.
0: Now, if you're listening to this though, and you're that boss, and by the way, it's funny you say that. Um, when I spoke earlier this month at a conference, I had a gentleman come up to my table afterwards. I may have mentioned this in an in a earlier podcast. I don't remember, but he said, Hey, what's it going to cost me I said, to do what? He said, how can I stop being an asshole? I actually oh, yeah, on... you did tell me that yeah. last time. Yeah, I wrote it on his business card, right? And so if you're that boss, though, so, you know, and you're going like, just do it this way because I say so. You're shooting yourself in the foot, man. You're really shooting yourself in the foot. You have an opportunity to give somebody some guidance into, even if they don't agree with the way you think, teaching them how you think so that in the future they apply your process. To their thinking and you get a result that you want, why wouldn't you do that?
1: Right. Exactly. Because when people help to come up with a solution, they're much more empowered and engaged and um like invested in that solution and in making sure it's a reality.
0: And frankly, the folks, you know, who come up to me and say things like this gentleman did, typically what I find when I dig deep is that. They're tired of people coming up to them, asking them how to do everything, and yet they don't provide the same kind of guidance that we just described, so that people don't have to ask them all the time. So they mm. want to eat their cake and have it too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Eat their cake. You flipped it around. I got all confused. But yes. And if you figure out that you're that client, you know th- who is being that way to the other people, you're, you may be missing out on an incredible, as you talked about earlier, an incredible um, expert from that vendor. If you build that trust and ask those questions and have that conversation. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it is the, the actual original saying was eat your cake and have it too," not have your cake and eat it too. Oh, really? Yeah. If you think about it, you can have your cake and eat it too. Right? once you have your you can have look here's your cake you have it great now I want to eat it right I can have my but once you eat it you can't have it
1: oh the eating comes first and the cake is gone
0: exactly
1: Have your cake and eat it too you've got it you can eat it
0: but once you eat it you can't have it
1: but what if you only eat half of it
0: then you've you still got it half a cake then you can eat your half a cake and have it too but that's not what the saying is. You can't eat the whole cake and have it too. Well, why didn't they
1: put whole cake in there?
0: Because it was implicit.
1: Oh, implicit! Next episode on disarming persuasion. We'll talk about assumptions. How to make an ass out of you and me.
0: Yeah, write that down. Um, <laughs> she's she's writing it down, folks. Well, have we have we beat your beat dad's one to death? have we beat your dad's bad behavior enough?
1: No and 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 I don't want to paint my dad in a bad picture you know he is a he's an amazing dude who lives a very independent very strong life and the, the funny part is the apple doesn't fall far from the tree which was why this was a bit of a challenge you know to allow this and you know I think as we're dealing with difficult people the last point I'll make and I put difficult in quotes because they're only difficult to me there are probably a lot of people on earth who find them very easy to work with because of whatever reason but when we're dealing with quote unquote difficult people one of the things that we should ask ourselves is are they just different than us is this just a scenario where they're they deal with the world in a different way they think about things in a different way and because it's not like mine i'm frustrated and i think they're difficult but in actuality that may not be the case and when i shift that mindset I'm in a much better place with dealing with them. And I'm much more likely to come up with a creative solution on how to get the best results.
0: Or, and I would invite you to consider, are they too much like you?
1: Well, exactly.
0: Right? Because that's more times than not, right? Uh, uh, Robert Seinfeld in his book, um, um, Busting Loose from the Money Game, right? He says people are put on this planet for three reasons uh, to either reflect something back about yourself, set you on a course of action or impart knowledge to you, right? But the most prevalent seems to be like when I get triggered by somebody, it's almost always some trait that is fairly strongly prevalent in me. And it's like, whoa, mm. I'm having this reaction to them. What are people saying about me?
1: Or yeah. And what does that reaction say about me? About Absolutely. I,
0: right, right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Always yeah. back to your point of when you're having challenges anywhere as a leader, first thing you do is close the door and look in the mirror and say, what am I bringing to the table here?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, it's funny. We're doing a, a superstar summit in, uh, by the way, it's open to the public, folks. If you're interested, let me know. We're doing a superstar summit in uh, Miami, Carl Gable, uh, end of June. Um, what? Well, June. July 1st, technically, is the day that's open to the public for that. Um, and so you, you're going to have know, probably 25 to 30 of some brilliant thought leaders we are all going to get eight to 10 minutes on this stage. It's going to be phenomenal. It's a phenomenal event. Um, and I'll be participating. So I'll be the thought um, caboose, not the leader. Um, but you're, uh,
1: you're usually the caboose, Dave.
0: I'm at least an ass. I know that.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to
0: say it. Right? That's okay. I did. So. Um, but you know, the, one of the concepts that I want to bring out here is that, you know, our job in the world is to model the best behavior we can, the model, the way we want the world to be. Mm -hmm. And and if we, if we do that, um, I think things will get a lot better, a lot quicker.
1: If we stop looking out the window and start looking in the mirror. Yeah. Because all we can do is control ourselves.
0: At the end of the day, that's it. Well, hopefully, because I've known too many people that can't control themselves.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. There's that. But that's a whole nother topic for another day. Dave, it's been a pleasure, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Disarming Persuasion.
0: We'll see you next week. That concludes another episode of Disarming Persuasion. This is Dave Rosenberg. And you can find my website at lockedonleadership.com.
1: And this is Ann Bonnie at YourChangeSpeaker.com.
0: Remember, if they fail to make a decision, you failed to disarm them.